0: All right, Romans twelve. We're going to start in verse five, but let's just pause, uh, give thanks, and set our hearts uh, to listen from God. We pray, Lord, thank you that you've given us truth. You've you've written it down uh, for us for our good. And Lord, we pray that our minds and our hearts would be open. But more than that, that we would do what we hear, God. That would be people active in hearing the truth, and not just passive, not just learning about you, but pursuing you. And so. Holy Spirit of God, we confess that uh, we're just attacked by all sorts of thoughts, about all sorts of things, and we seem to drift. But today we return to you and we return to Scripture so that we can grow and honor you in the way that we live. And because we want to grow, we're eager. So teach us, Holy Spirit of God, we pray. Amen. There's room for more. That's the theme. We've been looking at Romans 12. And we've been trying to live out our faith as God's people together. If you're new to the Bible, Romans gives us probably the clearest explanation in chapters 1 through 11 on what this good news is. Jesus came. Well, what did he come to do? What did he come to teach? What did he come to show us? Romans 1 through 11 gives us a good view of that. And then he turns the page, the writer, Paul. In Romans 12, he starts to apply. What does this look like in the real world for you and me? And so what we're seeing is, as we've read and are reading, that there's room for more, uh, that we're all growing and that we're not there yet. But we want to be more like Jesus, and hopefully this will be a guide to help you in that journey. We've stopped and spent a lot of time, and we're going to continue to do that between now and Christmas, on Romans 12, 5 through 8. So why don't we read it again, and we're going to look at two of the words in the passage that we're going to read. Just two. It says, For just as each of of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so... In Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace that's been given to each of us. So if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's to give or giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently, if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. What we've seen is that every Jesus follower already has the Holy Spirit. So what the writer is saying is since every one of you, like when you walked in, God came in with you. And that's not, I'm not trying to belittle the God who created the heavens and the earth. He's above all. But scripture also teaches that he's chosen to come by his spirit and live within you. And when you leave, God is going with you. So we should expect something to happen when we get together. Some people say, like, wow, something happened when we gathered at church today. I'm like, yeah, it should. Why? God's presence is here and it's living in you. More than that, what we're seeing here in this Romans 12 thought is that God not only lives inside of us by his Holy Spirit, he wants to work for the good of everyone around us. So it's not like you just came in and God's presence Came in with you. What is needed in your life could show up through someone else in this church. Because God is working in and through them, and God is working in and through you. We should expect that when we're together, something powerful happens and our life is different. It's like, I'll give you an analogy. This is a big sports season. It's like, you know, you watching the game at home, you and your hundred, you know, inch screen TV, wherever you got. Like, there, there you are. It's like, and and a powerful moment happens in the game, you're like, oh great, and you cheer, like you and your screen, right? Versus what happens when you're in the stadium, a hundred thousand people, same play happens, right? You're more deeply impacted as everyone's screaming around you. Yeah, when you're live and you're there, something should happen. And so what we're seeing is as God's people together, a lot of Jesus stuff should happen when we get together. Because Jesus is working in And through all of us. Now we've looked at prophecy and we've looked at serving in detail. God speaks in the moment through his people for the good and the building up of everyone around us. And God works in all of us as we learn to see what our gift is and serve one another. That's why we're spending so much time. is because too often we think that church is the place you go to and you receive from other people, rather than realizing if I'm full of the Holy Spirit and I'm a part of God's body, I can contribute to the big thing that Jesus is doing. And I have something, so it could be prophecy, it could be serving. Today I want to look at two other gifts, but before that, let me just ask the why question. Why are Why are there any gifts anyway? Why is God gifting us to do stuff? Just go back in your Bible a couple of verses, Romans 12, verse 2. It says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What we really want is to be in line with God, don't we? I mean, if you're following Jesus... You want to live your life in a way that pleases him. And the way that we do that is recognize is this, that there's lots of ways to live. There's not one option. We're learning about how the Holy Spirit works in and through us because we're realizing we need constant adjustments. This isn't automatic. That's why so many of us feel like we're we're not very useful or we're not really active in what God is doing. The change begins in the mind. And we need constant adjustments. So don't conform, but rather be transformed in the way that you think. So maybe this is new to you, that God wants to use you, like a lot, for the good of other people. But when you realize that you were created by God, for God, and for the good of God's people, then you may begin to see yourself as an active contributor to what God is doing. God's got a big story to tell, and you're part of it. Even though sometimes you just don't feel like it. How do we change? We don't conform to the pattern of thinking that's not like Jesus. But rather, in Jesus, we see a whole new way to be alive. And in that, we recognize your actions, in the end, are an extension of your thoughts. Your actions are just an extension of you. So if you don't think that you're useful, if you don't think that you have anything to contribute, if you don't think that God is working in and through you, of course you're not going to see anything on the other side. But what if we learned again? What if we began to realize, no, God's spirit is living in me. Therefore, as there are needs in God's body, God can and will and wants to use me. So as our thinking begins to change, my prayer is in the coming year and years, you'll see yourself as an active participant in the Jesus thing that's happening here in Hillsboro and in and through our community. Well, this is why this is helpful to see a list. Prophecy, that's a kind of a speaking thing. Serving seems to be more action-oriented. And then the next two on the list, we're gonna look at it this morning: the gift of teaching and the gift of encouragement. Let's do them in turn. Gift of teaching. What's teaching? Well, it's making truth clear and understandable, making truth clear. And easy to understand. Now, this is kind of an obvious one because most of us have had some formal education. And think about all the teachers. The ones that you remember are the ones that helped you go, aha, you know. They took a subject that was either boring or really hard. But most of us can say, we at least had one teacher. They think, wow, I wish all of them were like this one. What was it that made them special? It's probably because they helped take the tough concept and they made it clear. Or they took something that was really complex and they made it understandable. And in the same way, what Paul's talking about is not just the need for educators, which that is a huge need. If that's your calling, God bless you. You're underappreciated and underpaid for sure, but your investment in lives matters. Especially those of you who are serving in the public sector. You may not be appreciated, but there are those of us who follow Jesus who are in this room who say, thank you, your gift and calling matters. But I don't think he's talking about going to school. What he's saying is, how is anyone going to grow to be like Jesus? Well, we're going to need to learn what Jesus said and learn the Jesus way. So I think what he has in view is in the church, there are people that can help take what God has said and make it clear and understandable. And so teaching is central to growth. It's like anything new. First time I went to the U.K., I was turning on the television, and there's a sport there called cricket. I want to call it croquet, but that's not what it is. And, and I don't know if you've ever played cricket. Anyone ever play cricket? Some, some of us, Europeans, right, or outsiders to the U.S. Most of us haven't. First, I was like, wow, this is, you know, they're, they're the bowler. That's no, not the pitcher, you know, and throwing the ball, and it hits the ground, and, and they're trying to knock the little thingies over, which I don't get. And then they're just bending their little, I call it a bat, but I'm sure it's wrong. And then I found out this thing could last five days. This thing, they take a break for lunch. No joke. And they were nice white uniforms and little hats. And I didn't get the game, so the game made no sense. But fortunately, was staying with a friend, Nigel, and Nigel knows it. And in five, ten minutes, he took what was, like, totally confusing to me and made it clear and understandable. Do I still like cricket? Well, the story's still out. No. Uh, but, but I get it now. It was meaningless to me, but now it's meaningful in the same way Following Jesus sounds strange at the beginning. And it, you know what? Practically, it's hard to apply. And there's so much we don't know. And we feel like we're not making it. Ever read the Bible or hear something and realize, oh my gosh, that's true. I didn't know that. Or gosh, I'm doing exactly the opposite. Not very helpful in those moments. We all have them. Here's the point. Teaching is necessary because growth is continual. So I'm just going to say at the beginning. None of us know it all, right? So there's grace for you. There's grace. You're learning and growing. So the goal of following Jesus is at the end of your life, you'll end it wanting to know more. I think that would be a great goal. I grew, I grew, I was growing, I was growing, I was growing. And then I'm here I am and I get to see Jesus face to face. We're all learning to grow. Teaching is central to growth in the faith. And so it's important that God puts in the body teachers. Now, what we've seen is all of these gifts listed in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4, all of them are simply extensions of the work of Jesus. They're nothing new. So, so look at Jesus' work, Matthew 4:23. You could turn it, turn to it, or write it down. Matthew 4:23. Jesus went through Galilee, big region. Teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. What did Jesus do? Here's, here's the interesting part. He didn't do one thing. Jesus was about proclaiming God's kingdom come, he was about demonstrating God's power and God's presence. But the first thing listed is Jesus goes to the place of worship and he teaches. In other words, the reason we value growth and learning is God's people have always been seeking to learn. God grabs a group of people. They're called the nation of Israel, the descendants of Abraham. And God says, I've got land for you. I've got a future for you. You're going to bless the world. And by the way, these are my words. God gives Moses, an early leader in the story, his very words. And so he writes down the words And then from there forward, people have been thinking about what God has said and trying to understand it so they can live it out. Teaching is central to your growth. My friend, if you choose to follow Jesus, it is a lifelong movement of discovery. It's not like, hey, I said yes to Jesus, great. Live my life, see at the end. No, the goal is that every day, every week, every month, every season, every year, every decade, I'm growing to become more like Him. How? It starts with the mind. And until I begin to see differently and think differently, it's impossible to live the Jesus way. So Jesus would go on the Sabbath. God's people, the, the, the people called Israel, would gather on a day, go to the synagogue or the temple if they were in Jerusalem, and they would un, unroll the scroll. God's words were written down for us. And because people didn't have an iPhone or an app or a Bible, they had scrolls and they would keep them in the synagogue because it was so expensive, you couldn't afford it. By the way, we're blessed. We've got Bibles in all sorts of shapes and sizes. We have, some of you have five, ten in your home, you know. And God's people didn't always have it. We should thank him that we have it. I have it in unending translations and languages on my phone. We're blessed. Well, they would unroll the scroll and someone would read from what God has said, and then someone would stand up and say, this is what it means, and this is how we live it out. Teaching has always been a vital part of growth as a people of God. And so we, as a church, and you, I would hope, value the gift of teaching. Now, none of us heard Jesus. That's the challenge. Okay, so Jesus taught. Great. Well, I didn't hear him. Here's the good news. Jesus said, everything I say is going to come back. In other words, those after me are going to know what I said. How? John 14. Jesus told his disciples. John 14, 25. All this I've spoken to you while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name is going to teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. How do you grow? How do you learn? Those of you with the gift of teaching, then teach. Teach. Well, ultimately, God's given us not just teachers, people, men and women. He's given us himself. God wants you to grow. And so he's given you his Holy Spirit. So every time you open the pages of Scripture, which, by the way, sometimes are confusing at first. Thus, the need for teachers. I mean, just read Ezekiel. I dare you. Read it. Read it. It's very confusing, and there's this picture in the heavens, and there's this temple coming down, and there's measurements, and I'm like, I don't even get it. Here's the good news. There's beautiful things to learn in Ezekiel for following Jesus. God's gifted men and women to think about it, to help the rest of us to understand it. And I'll pause, and I mention them all the time, but the Bible Project, it's homegrown. It's here in Portland. Just Google the Bible Project and you will find innovative and helpful short videos on every single book of the Bible and on every major theme in the Bible and uh, an increasingly like growing catalog on key words in the Bible. You don't have to know it, or please don't fake it till you make it. Like Ezekiel, thank you, Lord, move on. We can learn, you can watch in four to seven minutes any book of the Bible and get the major themes, the major thoughts, please hear me, it doesn't replace the Bible. It's a helpful tool. I would say watch it first, okay, got the big picture, and then read it for yourself. You and I can grow, we can learn, and God's given us the Spirit to remind us. So you say, well, I don't have access to, to information. A, we do, but B, more than just information... Who can take God's words and bring them to life in you? The Holy Spirit. So every one of us, some would say, man, I just wish I lived when Jesus was here because when he was here, if I just saw him, I would really follow him. Pause. Most of the people on the planet didn't. So that's not true. Number two, God, because he loves us, gives every one of us different but equally powerful access to know him. And so we have the scriptures and the very spirit that Jesus spoke and taught through is now available to take these words and bring them to life for you. God wants you to grow. And part of it, though, is he's going to give men and women, people in your life that are going to help shape you. So things like the Bible Project. You say, well, I'm not a great reader. Many of us aren't. You can now listen to the scriptures. Audio. You can Listen while you drive or while you exercise or if you're able to do it while at work or at home or during a meal. There are so many ways to get God's truth into your thinking. The question is, are we willing to partner with God in it? So teaching has always been a key value in the community, in the people of God. You see it right at the beginning. Jesus said, I'm going to go to the Father and prepare a place for you. And he says, I'm going to send you the Spirit. And in Acts 2, the Spirit comes on God's people, and Jesus says, go out and share the good news with everyone. What do they do? Look at Acts 5. As they begin to share the good news, Acts 5.42, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, so in the big thing and in the small thing, they, the leaders, never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. By the way, does that sound familiar? That's exactly what you see Jesus doing in Matthew's Gospel. Going from place to place, Jesus traveled, they travel, Temple courts, kind of like synagogue, like Jesus. And house to house, you see Jesus talking house to house. Teaching and proclaiming. Making the truth of God simple and clear and easy to understand. And so as they go out, people start following Jesus. And they start planting these new Jesus communities called churches. And and the teachers, the, the leaders made sure that people knew how to grow in their faith. Acts 18. Verse 11, so Paul, who happened to be a church planner, stayed in Corinth, how long? A year and a half, doing what? Teaching them the word of God. So this isn't new. God's always gifted his body to build up his body. There's always been prophecy. There's always been serving. There's always been teaching. And it implies that there's room for more. There's room for growth. The reason we value as a community teaching, learning the scriptures and studying is because our character needs to be shaped. It begins in the mind. If I don't begin to think like Jesus, there's no way I can live like him. So what they often had to do is when they planted churches, people would stay and teach. Then they planted more churches. Often they had to go back and correct, which is so encouraging. As a church, I could tell you we're getting close to six years old or so, and I could tell you story after story of mess-ups. <laughs> like, oh, shouldn't have done that. Oops, oh, shouldn't have done that. Oh, that didn't work. And I I feel like we're in good company. The church has always failed at following Jesus perfectly. But the church, God's people have always been quick to listen to what God is saying and adjust. And that's what I'm saying. Paul had to send his his friend Timothy back to to Corinth. Look at what he says. 1 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. Therefore I urge you, he writes this to the church, imitate me. Implication, they weren't. They, they, these were Jesus-loving people who weren't following the way of Jesus. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, my son whom I love, who's faithful in the Lord. Why would he say that? He's implying some of them aren't living faithful. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere and in every church. So, so there's formal and informal, but we need to grow We need instruction. And so Paul writes a letter, formal instruction. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to stop doing. But then he sends his buddy, Timothy, his son in the faith, saying, Timothy, you know how I live. And I want want you to live among them and be with them and let them watch you. Because, Timothy, you're imitating me as I follow Jesus. And what they need is a good example. So formal education is a beautiful thing. And so Getting your, whether it's a university degree or master's or PhD or specialty degree, fantastic. But I think we'd all agree there's more to learning than just formal education. There's apprenticeship, right? You learn theoretical things and then you go on a job and realize, wow, they're not exactly aligned. So you get with people who are probably a little more skilled, experienced, and you begin to learn. We need, in the church, formal and informal growth. And so we want to stir this gift and see God use. The reason I'm saying it is because some of you think the gift of teaching is like the gift that three people in this church have to pass on information. Not true. God, the Holy Spirit, will work through all of us in various ways. And guess what? He's going to use many of you to teach other people how to grow in Jesus. Now, how do we do it formally here? Well, we spend half of our time, half of our gathering, and we time it, is spent in teaching. Here's why. As a culture, we have more technology and more resources, but we are more biblically illiterate than the church has ever been. It's funny. When people didn't have the Bible easily accessible, they often were hungry to learn it. Now that we have so much of it, so much of us are just counting on other people to just preach at us rather than growing. So what we want to do is be a corrective. My goal is to agitate you every single week. That's my goal. Lord, help me to disrupt your people in love. And and by agitate, I mean like, like oh, A, wow, I should have known that. Or B, man, that wasn't as complicated. Or how do I get more? The goal of teaching should be to stir more learning, right? If you're an educator, you know it. You want to not just pass information, but a love for learning. So we spend half of our time here. But more than that, uh, we do community life. So we break up, meet in homes, and we're providing more resources. We call them short books. So as, as a community, if you're looking for resources to talk about practical things like how to make good decisions and what about serving and sharing your faith, all sorts of practical stuff, we're going to continue to write. And there are various people in our church writing simple things that can be a group discussion so that you can learn and grow together. we got uh, men's and, and ladies' groups that meet all over the place to study. Your kids right now, if you have them, we're not just running around and playing games. We're singing songs and worship to Jesus. They're learning Scripture every week. And we told you last week, we, we now have a Parents Weekly, so that you can, if you're a parent, you can know exactly what was taught and what will be taught and even be guided on how to build on that at home. So so as parents, God can use the gift of teaching to take what's being learned here and how to reinforce it at home. Here's the point. The Spirit wants to work through us. Middle schoolers and high schoolers on Wednesday are learning. They're leading the way. They're memorizing parts of Scripture every week. Are we? I'm so convicted that our, our team, our staff, are learning the Bible verses and memorizing them But the middle schoolers and the high schoolers are leading the way, which is great. Again, the goal of learning is to stimulate a deeper, more profound, life-changing relationship with Jesus. So sometimes, though, uh, information isn't the issue. Like we know, uh, we know you shouldn't have four plates at Thanksgiving. You know that, but we do it anyway, right? We all know that a, a, a reasonable diet and exercise is good for us. But we can all use a little encouragement, especially on the exercise end. So life isn't just about instruction. So the gift of teaching is followed by what? The gift of encouragement. I mean, who doesn't want an encouraging person around them? I mean, isn't it great when God brings someone into your life who has a little bit of extra positivity that's willing to pick you up, especially when you're going through a tough season? So God's going to use people, give give them words in the moment that are from him for you. God's going to use people to serve, and in that, you're going to draw closer to Jesus. He's going to use people to teach, to make truth clear, understandable. But often what we need is someone to come along and move us forward. What's encouragement? It's inspiring another in belief. Now, the word here is parakaleo, and it could mean lots of things. And the New Testament uses the same word in lots of ways. It could mean the counsel. So the gift of counsel, the gift of comfort. There are moments when we need it. The gift of support, the gift of advice, the gift of greeting, welcoming people into your home is also the same kind of nuance. Uh, The Holy Spirit in some places is called the comforter. The parakaleo, the one who comes alongside to assist. And we need this. Hear me, my friend. God can and will and wants to use many of you, if not all of us, to build someone up. But I think specifically, he's not talking about being nice, like the gift of niceness. He's actually saying that the Spirit can use you to inspire belief in a person. So the gift of teaching is about sharing truth. But the gift of encouragement is about moving from truth to action. We know that diet and exercise is good for us, but what's going to get us from knowing that to actually living that? The gift of encouragement. Which means the gift of encouragement won't always seem encouraging. Right? I'll give you an example. There's a guy who was in our, our earlier gathering. And his name's Christian and he's one of those endurance athletes who can run and jump and swim and bike, and he could do all that stuff for hours on end. Well, he was helping me on a training run, and I've shared this story before, but it's a helpful analogy. He, we were sa- he was saying you need to do intervals. Do you know what an interval? Most of you know. You go slow for a bit, walk or light jog, and then you go as fast as you can for a short period of time, and then you go back to a slower pace, and you you do it to help your heart rate and expand your health, which I think is frustrating, and who wants to run as fast as they can? So he's like, okay, let's do it together. I want to see... What your interval speed, your fast speed should be. So what did he do? He didn't go at the end with a clock. He ran right next to me, paracaleo, the gift of encouragement. So we were running along. He's like, "Okay, now kick it into fast gear." I'm like, "This is like." So what does he do? He put his hand on my back and said, "Let's go!" And come on, you can do this. I'm like, "No, I can't." I literally screamed it. He starts busting out laughing. We slow down. And he is laughing and laughing. And I'm trying to breathe. <laughs> the gift of en- Now, the gift of encouragement in that case, it wasn't encouraging to be pushed beyond what I want to do. But here's the thing. I could run faster. I wasn't pushing myself. And so the gift of encouragement says the truth is you can do it. And you can do it now. <laughs> and he took me from truth to action. The point is... The gift of encouragement is something all of us need. Here's why. We, by default, slip into bad habits. Let's just be honest. We love Jesus. We want to follow him. But don't conform. Why would God say don't conform to the pattern of this world? Because our default mode is to go back. God says instead, be transformed in the way that you think. There are things that are true. Now we can know them because we have the Holy Spirit. And we can do them the gift of encouragement. Now, we have, we have formal and informal ways of doing that. For us, our formal way is something called life on life. Some of you heard about it. There's a couple in our church, Mike and Chris Akinson... And they help us in this regard. They have this gift of encouragement. If you've met them, you know what encouragement is. I mean, she will, they will invite you into their home, buy you lunch, whatever. When, when people come in the, the church, I will say, wow, great. How'd you get here? And am like, well, we met a couple. Mike and Chris, yeah, how did you know? They just have a way of welcoming people in. But also, they have a heart to see people mentored. Mike is a retired school teacher and understands the power of teaching. And so what they do is they will help us. If you're here and you have a little bit of experience, you've been following Jesus, you don't have to have it all together. Hint, we don't. We just don't. None of us do. We're moving. What well, Mike and Chris want to do, and they've opened themselves to it, they're not paid to do it. They take people like us who have a little bit of skill and a little bit of background a little bit of time that we want to invest, and they help match other younger people in our church, maybe People who are new to faith, newly baptized, or just 20-something and saying, I would like someone else who's not my mom and dad just to talk about stuff. There's no curriculum. Life on Life is about some people just saying, I want to mentor someone else. I don't even know what that is. Mike and Chris have the gift of encouragement. They're, They're willing to teach you and show you how simple it is to listen. Just listen. And it's about making yourself available. And they know people who are younger in our church Who could use you? Uh, Talk about career stuff, relationship stuff, Bible stuff. Some read a book together. Some just meet for coffee and talk about life. Keep it open-ended. It's something that many of us in this church could do, the gift of encouragement. Or informally, as you get to know people and you get to know them and their way, when you see things that are going well, gift of encouragement. Everyone needs a little bit of reinforcement to say, you know what? I've seen God at work in this way. I see how God is working through you. That's the gift of encouragement. Also, it's when you know him well enough, hey friend, you and I know that's not gonna be helpful. That's that's not gonna be life-giving. The gift of encouragement can also seem painful. You know it's painful when you're going off, but it's really helpful when someone helps bring you back, right? And we don't wanna undervalue that. We want to raise the bar on being the kind of people that live this way. It's funny. um, We went south uh, to Medford to visit family for Thanksgiving. And we ended up having car trouble on the side of the road and called AAA. And we had a guy pick us up who was so chipper, you know, like came and towing our car back up to Portland. And he was so nice and kind, big, buff, not stereotyping, but it didn't seem like he was going to be like the super nice type. But, hey, how's your day going? I'm like, well, not so good. Said, oh, I always start that way because I know it's, it's rough to have someone come and, and pick you up. But it, we got in this truck, our family and our dog all driving for three hours <laughs> back to Portland. Now, the only thing I'll fault him about is he played nonstop country music, no offense. But other than that, other than that, he was just super warm and encouraging, getting to know his story. Turns out he's a Marine. Wow, thank you for your service to our country. And he's... His dad owns the business, and he came back home to work with his father. He was just so kind. and You ever meet that kind of person? You like, you wonder, are they a believer or not? And here he is, you know, a very tough Marine, yet a real tender soul to our situation. At the end of the day, we end up, we go to a mechanic down here, down the street, who's a part of our church, and I was looking for my little Jesus mom. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to bring my cars here because we're a part of the same church together. Hint, hint. You know, any, any feedback? He's like, amen to that. Like, ooh, a little amen. So I said something else. He's like, yeah, amen to that. And then he's like, so what do you, you know, you go to the church. What do you do at the church? So it's like, I'm the pastor of, um, of the church. He's like, that's so cool. I'm on the worship team of my church. And we start chatting about Jesus. And it's funny, even in his regular job, he was an encouragement in a rough situation to us as a family. And, and he didn't even know I was on the way of Jesus as well. You never know. When and how God is going to use you. You never know. And so what we want to do is we want to highlight the ways that the Holy Spirit works so that we can be these kind of people. I think of Scott and Orlena Ballard. Many of you know them. They're leaders in our church. I call them um, sweet and spicy. Sugar and spice. Because Orlena is so kind, so sweet. She's sugar. And, and Scott is like, he, he's sweet sort of too, but he's more spice because he tells it like it is. And I need people in my life just to shoot straight. I need people in my life just to tell me like it is. And Scott has no problem being that guy in my life. And because we're close friends and we've known each other for close to a decade, God uses him to encourage me. Sometimes it's like, you know you shouldn't be doing that. It's like, mm, yeah, you're right. Sometimes it's more of the tough love. But most often, and often happens here, it's Sunday and I'm scattered all over the place. And the next thing, like, oh, I'm up to teach, like I was late here this morning. And, and he'll just look me in the eye and say, you were made for this. And his super stern Jesus face, you know. Like, Don't forget. And you know it's funny? One short statement, one little pep talk goes a long way. So this doesn't have to be formal and big and planned. God, you just being you, God can work through you for the good of others. So we want to be a people who are open to God speaking, prophecy, serving, God working in and through us, uh, teaching, God using all of us to learn. If you're a mom or a dad, you need to pray that God would use the gift of teaching in your life to simply pass on what you know of Jesus to your kids and the gift of encouragement. I'm grateful that I've got teachers in my life. Most of them, is going to sound weird, I've never met. I read a lot before getting up here to teach, trying to figure out what the text means. And there are men and women who are gifted and skilled and know the word of God better than I do. Guess what? I've never met most of them, but you're benefiting, hopefully, through them. And I reference everything that I'm learning. Oh, okay, okay. So if you ever want to know the notes of where I got the goods from, I don't have the goods, but I go to the people who've got the goods and God uses them. So God can use people in your life that you've never even met by simply picking up a good book watching a good podcast, God can use the gift of teaching to grow you. But God wants to work through us, especially in the ministry of encouragement. So if God's taught you something this week, real simple, pass it on. It doesn't have to be something. Now, some people, God's going to use in the church a lot in the gift of teaching. And those of you who never want to stand up in front of a group of other people, that may not be your thing. Totally cool. You don't have to be a formal teacher to be used by the Spirit of God, but anyone and everyone here can be used in the ministry of encouragement. We can take something we know to be true and help people put it into action. So if God's taught you something, pass it on. If God's encouraged you this week, then pass it on. You never know what one small word might do. A lady wrote a note to me just the other week and mailed it to the church. I knew who she was because she came up to me at the end of the gathering and said, my husband and I, he got a new job and our family lives in another city, so it's our last Sunday here. And she said, oh gosh, I, I've, I've grown so much here. Now, I've seen her in passing, but I actually didn't know her well. didn't know her name. And I had no idea that in her years, in their years here, God had used this church to grow them. And she said... I just want to say thank you. Well, she wrote the sweetest little note and started it with, "If this has been a long time coming. And the funny thing is, since she mailed it, our staff meetings are on Tuesdays. In between those meetings, which some of them were hard and, and tough, I just opened up her little card. And her little one-page little card was such a word, a timely word of encouragement to me. And she doesn't even know, because she's not here anymore, how much it meant you never know what a small thing will do. Now, that was not a passive-aggressive, please write me notes, please. That was not, but, but she had no idea that her word in person would encourage my soul and that the note met me at just the right time. All right, homework. What one thing, one thing can you share with one person this week? It could be that something you've learned, pass it on. It could be something that you see in someone, that you normally don't point out, mostly for the good? If someone's been helpful to you, encouraging to you, influential, why not pass on that word of encouragement? You never know how God might use it. What one thing can you share with one person this week? Let's just start with that. All right, I'm gonna give you a moment to think about your thing and that person. And as God brings it to mind, I want you to take it as an act of faith and write it down. If you don't have anything to write with, open your phone, open up a little note and write it down. Because I think if we don't practice this, we'll never move. Let's just practice it. What one thing with one person. You ready? Lord, I thank you that you're working in our community and you're working through all of us. And now so we ask you, Holy Spirit of God, would you, would you show us if there's something you've been teaching us that needs to be passed on to someone else to build them up? spirit of god will you will you just bring it to mind we're inviting you now to bring that to mind so that so that we can help build someone else up in the faith and not just keep all of your blessing to ourselves and lord um if there's a word of encouragement that needs to be passed on to someone else would you be kind enough even now there's someone that needs that whether it's to build them up because they're doing something well or to Gently, in love, call them to live out what they know is true. Either way, God, we want to be useful. And so there's got to be someone, Lord, that you want us to build up this week. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, to guide us now. And by faith, we choose to obey and and to speak those things out or write those things out. I encourage you, even as I'm speaking, if God brings that to mind about someone, this week is an act of faith and worship. If they're not here, as soon as you leave, text them. Say, hey, let's get together. If it's something long, write it out. Email them. It'd be best if it was in person. So if they're here, if God's stirring you towards someone here, before we go, find them in love. Encourage them. Lord, we want to be used by you, so now we respond and worship to you. God, today, this week, this month, this year, uses, us, we pray, in Jesus' name.